GateWorld.net presents a special two-part interview with executive producer Robert C. Cooper. For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. David Reed and I are here with Mr. Robert C. Cooper. Thanks for having us into your little home again. You're very welcome. Uh, let's talk first about SG-1. Okay. Uh, the cancellation kind of dropped the whole uh, Stargate world like a hammer. What, are, what were your thoughts about it then, and how does that compare to how you're feeling about things now? Um, well, I suppose it was a while ago, so uh, mm -hmm. obviously I, I'm, I'm over it a little bit. Uh, <coughs> I actually just did the, um, I just did the uh, DVD audio commentary for Unending mm -hmm. with, uh, with Amanda, and she had not seen the uh, fully finished episode. So, so watching it again with her and talking about it, it uh, really kind of, you know, dredged up a little of the uh, emotion that went on during all that. The, the, it really goes back to the 200th episode party, and, and I think I've talked about this publicly before, but it was, it was rather unfortunate timing on, on the part of the, of the network to, um, to uh, give us the call that they were going to, you know, not renew, I, don't, I wouldn't say cancel, they were going to not renew SG-1 for the 11th season. And unfortunately, it was it was one of those sort of good news, bad news calls where we couldn't be really angry about it because they were also picking up the fourth season of Atlantis, mm -hmm. which was uh, very important to us, obviously. So, um, and it was it was surprising because I think we had felt, uh, for the first time in a very long time, that we were going to do another year. The studio was really looking yeah. forward to doing an eleventh season. We had contracts for all the actors, which is usually the biggest stumbling block. And we felt that creatively the show was, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, hit, you know, in, in good stride and, and as as strong as it had been, uh, you know, in the past. And and um, you know, I know certain segments of the fans disagree, but uh, <laughs> but we felt that it was still a pretty good show. And uh, uh, so it was it was uh, a bit surprising, but but. Also, um, you have to understand that we are well aware of certain internal politics and, and business decisions and why things get done the way they're done. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that much of a surprise. Uh, you know, sci-fi uh, has a budget and they, and they, you know, have to make decisions about how they want to spend that money. And... Uh, uh, it's obviously still very important to them to have uh, the Stargate franchise on their air, but uh, I think I've said this m many, many times in interviews before. You know, shows get expensive mm -hmm. the more you do, and ten seasons is a lot. You know, sure. uh, and and SG One was not a cheap show to make anymore. So um, we had to sort of scramble because we really were proceeding uh, as though we were going to do a 11th season. I had a, a two-parter mapped out, a cliffhanger uh, ending for season 10 and and um, uh, we had, we were just right on the edge of when we needed to know. Uh, Sci-Fi was like, so how are you going to wrap everything up and end the series? And I was like, we're not going to. I mean, just because the ending mm -hmm. isn't going to be on your air doesn't mean, you know. <laughs> Can you tell us anything about they the original were, ending without giving away the movie? 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the idea was to uh, introduce the um, concept of, of the Ark of Truth, uh, which is a, the, the um, artifact that the team is searching for, and, and, and uh, that we were, all, we were always intending to do a story where they, uh, the team uh, learns that this um, uh, device, which could be helpful in in uh, uh, turning the Ori warriors, uh, you know, from their crusade, um, that and, then, and that it was in the Ori galaxy. So we had to we had to take the uh, Odyssey through the the super gate and go on a mission, sort of behind enemy lines. Mm. That was always the intention for the two-parter for the end of the season, and and uh, <coughs> you know, and sci-fi was kind of like. You know, they they wanted us to tie everything up, and and we were like, no, we're not. You know, a we don't have time, and b we don't uh, we don't want to do that. I mean, if we're gonna um, if we're gonna end the show on sci-fi, uh, you know, on your air, we we want we feel we want to do something. We agree. We think we should do something that is res respectful of the fans who have been watching the show for so long and, and uh, uh, you know, kind of ends it without en ending it. And that's, that's where the title comes from. Uh, kind of the same, the same thing we did with Showtime. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Tom Vitale, who, who is really the guy who, at, at Sci-Fi, who's really responsible for bringing um, the franchise to Sci-Fi Network, and he, he's the guy in New York who, who handles the deals and the acquisitions and he's a, he's a huge fan of the show and has always um, uh, been a very big supporter but he, he he's also the guy who who saw the value in the repeats and and I mean that's really why mm -hmm. sci-fi bought the series was uh, the, the the new episodes were you know a, a, a lost leader if you know what I mean by that it's mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, they were always the cancellation of, 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 of the series was as much to do with the decline of the ratings of the Monday night rerun pack as it is the rating had anything to do with the ratings of the new episodes. Mm. You know, what, what happened was when they originally acquired um, SG-1, they had a business plan for the third window repeats that saw them getting a particular value out of running the, the, you know, the strip for about two years. And they ended up getting four years at a level that they could only have ever dreamed about. So uh, the value was great. And one of the things they didn't expect, but, but you know, quite clearly saw, was that when there were new episodes on their air, the rerun packs did better. Uh, so it was sort of a, a brand awareness issue and the fact that people felt, I think, that there were always going to be new episodes, so they kept up watching the, the reruns. But, mm -hmm. you know, that can only go on for so long. And so eventually, and I think the first signal for people that, that, that SG-1 was in trouble was when the Monday Night Rerun Pack disappeared. I mean, after four years, the tapes have to have worn out, right? I yeah. mean, they <laughs> ran them so much. Yeah. But um, when those ratings started to decline, that became the harbinger of, of uh, you know, 
the end for 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 the new episodes. Um, anyway, Tom Tom always uh, said that you know whenever you um, whenever you do things to the series that are you know huge changes like killing characters or or, or um, you know. Uh, Changing bad guy, like the things that are that are some, somewhat counterproductive to the mythology. If if uh, you know the equivalent would be if if in the last episode of Star Trek they crashed the Enterprise and killed everyone on board, the reruns get significantly hurt by that mm. because suddenly those people don't exist in the fans' minds anymore, mm. and um, you know. Uh, they feel like they've seen the ending, and so when they're watching the old episodes, suddenly it's the, the tragedy lives in their minds as opposed to the idea yeah. that maybe the team is still out there and you know it's it's all still really going on. So we never intended ever at, uh, you know to to end the series, especially because the franchise is still so strong. I mean, MGM had no intention of uh, quitting at the you know, at the end of the tenth season, even though Sci-Fi had had not renewed the show, we we obviously are you know proceeding with these two um, straight to DVD movies, and uh, and there's other elements to the franchise that are going to continue as well. There may be crossover uh, of characters from the SG-1 fran you know uh, franchise into um, into Atlantis. Uh, you know, we've we've there's been some talk of of the third series, and that's a um, you know, a very real uh, a thing that's in development now. So, so the idea for for unending was to somehow create something that would be, um, you know, an emotional tribute to the ten seasons that mm -hmm. had come before, and 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 to feel like like it was the last. Um, you know the last chapter in the book, but 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 not necessarily in the in the series of books. Uh, it's uh, you know it, it was a it was a, a chance to 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 show using science fiction to show people um, uh, one version of what the future might be like for these characters that they've spent so much time with and loved so much and and I think you know if if there's one thing that that uh, Fans have always been uh, very vocal about, uh, you know, liking about the show is the is the team and and liking team episodes and mm -hmm. and and wanting to spend time where the team is all together. So, you know, <laughs> you want a team episode? You want them to be together? I'll mm -hmm. give you them together. <laughs> They'll be together for fifty years. There's, you know, obviously fans. Uh, we look back to the fifth race a lot as sort of a of a epoch setting moment yes. when, when O'Neill visits the Asgard. Yes. Um, just share with us a little bit about about your decision to bring that back in in unending with uh, humanity being declared to be the fifth race by the Asgard. Like I said, I think one we we were trying to get there were there were you're trying to achieve certain things. By, by in this episode, you're trying to get a sense of closure, even though you're not ending the series. You want to mm -hmm. feel as though what has come before has had meaning. I think the, the, one of the things fans have always appreciated 
this series for is the fact that we don't reset to zero at the end of epi every episode, mm -hmm. that, the, that, that we've been a part of the, the show from the beginning and we have a respect for the mythology we've, we've developed and, and that it, 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 it expands. I mean, it, it's, it's there for us to pay, to pay tribute to. And, and, and that, that uh, was, was always going to be a part of that, that sense of closure. That let's 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 finally show a, a, a major milestone that that something happens. It's mm -hmm. something has to have happened in this episode that can feel people can feel, you know, somewhat satisfied. Hey, I watch I've watched this show since then, since those days, and now I get to finally see the the payoff beat mm -hmm. that that you know we're finally the we're finally the fifth rake. And there's a major change there for the for the mythology of the planet Earth to have received all of the Asgard's technology and knowledge. With Stargate going on, how does that, how does that impact <coughs> the franchise, the universe? Well, you know, we've had relative access to the knowledge of the ancients uh, for some time now, and it's just a question of it being so vast and, um, you know, that it, it takes time to go through. I mean, I don't think we're going to immediately see us elevated to the level of the, of the Asgard uh, in terms of technology and, and uses. I mean, look, what it comes down to for a lot of fans is lasers. I mean, really, uh, <laughs> you know, let's be real about this. Everybody thought, wow, the Odyssey finally has laser weapons. Cool. Are all the ships going to have laser weapons? Yeah, you know, eventually, yeah, we're going to move that technology into the other, into the other uh, Earth ships. But, uh -huh. but it, is it? You know, I I see it as being, you know, we've also done a lot of stories about having advanced knowledge and technology and having us get into a lot of trouble because we don't understand it or because we take a piece of it and don't know the whole thing. And so I think to a certain extent, we've learned our lesson a little and we need to show that we're a little yeah. smarter than we used to be and that we're not just going to stumble in and, and you know, make the mistake of, of saying, oh, this is really cool, so we'll, we'll do this. And in fact, there's an element to the movie, that, that um, the Ark of Truth, that is, is really about that. Somebody, um, you know, and I don't want to give away too much, but, but somebody makes the mistake of trying to use a piece of, of, of knowledge from the Asgard core, and it backfires in a, in a, in a way that almost leads to a, you know, galaxy-wide disaster. So, mm. so you, you, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a lesson to be learned and that we, we, I think, our heroes have learned, not everyone has, but, but um, uh, you know, right now we're existing with the safeguard of we can't really use it or it will draw the ori down on us. So, so we're kind of, it's there, we know it's there, it's something we may eventually be able to get at, but even when we can, we better be very, very cautious and very careful about how we incorporate these changes and, and, and this knowledge. And, and uh, so I don't think it's going to result in, in, in as immediate a change as, may, as people may, you know, assume, but for good reason. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, we've learned some lessons over the 10 years. The, the greatest thing about Stargate is that it's about, you know, 
us, people from our uh, time and, and age, dealing with things that are far beyond us. And, and, and we haven't been afraid to show our characters making mistakes, but, um, uh, you know, and dealing with all of the problems that may result in us from us going out there and, and sort of stumbling around in, in, you know, with technology and in, in areas where we, we really, you know, don't have the right to be or, or, or don't, you know, should, should be far more careful than we really are. You know, we're walking around in minefields where the mines are very close together. <laughs> Which is, has always been a running thread through Atlantis. Yeah. We're just... It's be careful. We have this wonderful city uh, full of technology, but be very careful about what buttons you push. Yeah. So you know that that's um, uh, that's the balance we're going to try and strike with this as well. Is that is that it's 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 got a lot of potential, but it's also potentially very dangerous, and that's why the Asgard didn't give it to us all the way along. I mean, a lot of people would wonder, well, why don't they do more? Well, it's mm -hmm. it's there's a good reason why they felt. We shouldn't have that. You don't. You don't give. You don't give little kids guns to play with. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's because it's dangerous. Well, let's talk a little bit more about about Arc of Truth. This is this is your baby for the year. This is your project. Yes. Um, well, that and Continuum. They're both. Uh, Brad and I are both producing both. Although we we've uh, divvied up certain responsibilities, and mm -hmm. I'm I wrote and I'm directing Arc of Truth. So that's. Uh, yeah, I guess that one's a little more my baby, and yeah. Continuum is his. But we both certainly participated in the genesis yeah. of both uh, scripts. So it's um, it's the story that I kind of laid out for for the beginning, end of season ten, beginning of season eleven. Only it's you know it's all crunched into uh, uh, one one script. So and you wouldn't uh, say it's necessarily all of season 11? Oh God, no. Five or six arc episodes? No, all no, no, no. No, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's a very, um, it's a very big two-part episode. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hopefully going to be, um, you know, as successful creatively as I feel like, you know, Lost City was or, or Reckoning uh, was as a two-part episode that had, in which major things happen. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, huge arc issues are, are dealt with, and and um, uh, it is, I think, as much a for me uh, a payoff of of a lot of the threads that got um, set up throughout seasons nine and ten. So it's much more the um, icing on the cake for the last two seasons as it is really season eleven. You know, this is the uh, this is the ultimate kind of resolution of the of the Ori storyline, mm. um, assuming all goes according to plan. <laughs> One of the th things that I wish that we would have gotten to see more of over the last two seasons was everything uh, Ori in their home galaxy. We see Celestis, we see the Doci, and the Wall of Fire where the Ori live, and these are these are really powerful, striking images. Uh, are we going to get to see more of that? Now yeah, that absolutely. That's what we're doing. That, that's that's what the story is. We we go to them. Basically, we're going to the, we're going back to the, to to Celestis, and we're, you know we're going back to uh, all of those uh, places. Is Julian interested? Well, I don't. I don't. That is not a, a confirmation um, yet. We 
we have we are juggling a lot of balls in the air right now the schedule wise i mean we just just in terms of you know bringing so many actors like one one of the problems with setting up all these regular sort of not just the regular stars of the show but regular characters who come back into it like like adria um you know uh, that's tough to coordinate and schedule mm -hmm. and make sure but that we're going to get going so hopefully i mean i'm i'm I, we've 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 we are proceeding as though we would like uh to bring um julian sands back as the doci but uh um i don't know for sure yet it'd be great yeah it would be great and <coughs> excuse me and if not i mean if that doesn't work out for whatever reason we are still uh, we are still going to be back in celestis and mm -hmm. and uh Who's to say there isn't a different doci in charge by now? <laughs> Elected a new yeah pope. They have a pope every now and then, <laughs> a new pope. So, uh, Adria's fate in Dominion is is really startling. She not only gets goulded, but then she ascends. Um, is she, she gets degoulded before she ascends. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was a, I mean that was a I thought a really interesting idea. I mean it yeah. was the marriage of the old. Um, villains and the new uh -huh. villains and that and exactly. it was sort of a uh how could you not do that mm. story um especially because the really the two the two uh remaining bad guys i mean the the, the ori obviously in adria but also ball uh -huh. was our sort of other adversary and it, and it to me it was similar to uh, the episode enemies where where the replicators and the gould kind of met and 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 uh -huh. dealt with each other and uh um, uh, this was that, you know, uh, between the Ori and the Ghoul. Mm -hmm. I, thought was, I thought it was very interesting. And, and, and uh, again, all of that, you know, plays into, um, into the movie. The, 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 sh the Shroud is another episode that, that has a big, you know, uh, impact on what happens in the movie. The idea that, that, that the Ori have themselves. I mean, th there's a there's a, a distinction, a very specific distinction that is often overlooked, um, and that is that th th between the Ori and the and the Ori's followers. I mean, the Ori yeah. are ascended gods. Yeah. The followers are what we have to deal with. And if you choose to believe that the Ori were actually destroyed by by the ancient uh, weapon. Um, uh, Merlin's weapon that Daniel constructed, then, then, then the Ori are actually the Ori are dead, and the real issue for us is the followers who, who. How do you convince them? Well, yeah, I mean, how did we ever convince them before? I mean, the, the you, you, you know, that's an interesting idea to me. I mm -hmm. mean, when you have philosophical arguments with, with, um, you know, various religious uh, people. The, uh, the, whole, the whole challenge is, you know, how do you prove whose God exists or whether God exists at all? That, that, mm -hmm. that is an interesting idea. And, and you know, with the Gould, it, it was uh, maybe not immediately obvious, but more obvious when you, when you killed the Gould and you showed someone the snake in their head and the how the technology worked, suddenly that person went, oh, yeah, right, he's not a God, he's just a guy with a snake in his head. But in this case, how, you know, we, we were having a hard time telling these people that their gods were not gods, and 
now even if the gods are dead, what difference does it make? They still mm -hmm. believe as fervently as they did before. So okay. what's interesting to me and what, I, what we're, we're going to also explore in the movie is that the ancients have always been had this non-interference policy. They've been sort of these bystanders, of, you know, watching their experiment, you know, develop. And, uh, and the ancients were the ones being threatened by the Ori. Uh, we believe that, that our, our best chance of, of surviving the onslaught from the followers was to at least eliminate the magic powers of their of their gods so so we took what was at hand and 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 you know we hope destroyed the ori in fact we still have the biggest problem facing us which is the followers with their technology and their ships and mm -hmm. and the priors who have these incredible superhuman powers um and we actually did this big favor to the ancients if you believe the ori are dead mm -hmm. and what are they going to do for us you know, how are they going to help us out of this situation after what we've essentially done for them? That, that'll be, that's part of, partly what, what we're, we're going for. I mean, there's a really, I, I think there's a, a lot of really fun, uh, uh, you know, payoffs that are, that are coming in this movie. And um, the other one is the arc itself, which I, 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 I find a truly fascinating um, uh, center piece. Uh, it's, a, it's a device that, you know, essentially is a, I don't want to say brainwashing, but it, it can be used to convince you of the truth. Okay. So say you believe something and, and uh, I, I, I think that what you believe is, is, is wrong, and so I program the arc a certain way. And, oh. And open it and show you the inside, and now you'll believe the truth. You'll believe or believe what I what I have programmed. It's, it's a mass brainwashing device. Wow. And and the ancient the ancients before they were the ancients. Um, when they were back when they were the Alterans, and they were in this uh, very um, uh, tenuous predicament in their galaxy with the Ori being far far greater numbers and. Uh, and, and the Alterans believing in science and, and, and uh, wanting to uh, become a more progressive society, the Ori being religious and wanting to, to sort of eliminate that aspect from, from existence, um, the, uh, one of the Alteran scientists invented this device and said, look, we can avoid any kind of war by just using this on them and brainwashing them all. And the, and the Alterans, the rest of the Alterans said, no, that's just wrong. Philosophically and morally, it's wrong, and so instead, what they did was what, you know, is is part of of series canon, which is they left. They instead of facing fighting, because they were they also didn't believe in using. They had they had a ship. They had weapons. They could have they could have killed the Ori, the people, human beings, the Ori. Mm -hmm. They left and they came to our galaxy. Mm -hmm. And you know, his history, you know, happened the way the way the series is, has uh, has told us. And um, but now uh, Daniel has found evidence that 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 device, the Ark of Truth, um, may still exist. <laughs> and and so we have to put ourselves in the position of, you know, is this morally wrong? Even if we do find it. 
is it do, should we use it? I mean, is it the right thing to do to convince the Ori followers that they their beliefs are 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 wrong? Um, because in fact, is it wrong? Is is it? It's not necessarily wrong to believe in something. Uh, what's wrong is to murder somebody because they don't believe the way you do. So, so we're not convincing them not to kill people. We're actually changing their beliefs, which would, if, 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 this, you know, if this all works out the way, the way it, you know, we think it might. It, and so, so philosophically, it's a very interesting moral argument that, mm. that you know, we're, which I think is very current and very, um, you know, very, a very contemporary idea. Uh, to me, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't, I really hate getting um, <laughs> uh, too serious about, about, you know, the, the, the meaning behind these things. But to me, it's, it's representative of television. You know, it's, it's the media uh, and, and, and how we have this magic box now that can kind of make people believe whatever the people in charge of that magic box, you know, whatever they want you to believe, they can, they can pretty much convince you of or convince the vast majority of, of yeah. people of. And, uh, and you know, I, 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 I find that fascinating. And I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I love taking ideas like that and incorporating them in a fun way into, into our science fiction world. So now you mentioned the ancients. I've got to ask, uh, watching Adria ascend, thinking about the fact that she ascended in our galaxy, is she going to have to face the ancients directly? Um, well, ascended beings, uh, their powers and their rules are sort of mysterious to us it's all, aren't they? It's kind of they? nebulous. What, I what mean, she, we what have a sense that they're isolated like between galaxies geographically. Yeah. There is a, there is a geogra... They, they do, ex I mean, they are... They, they don't have physical bodies in our, um, you know, plane of existence as we've explained it. But they do, they do, they are, they are a localized energy form, mm -hmm. and and they they may be able to access knowledge and awareness of things in 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 a way that we can't perceive. But I don't think that they are um, entirely omnipresent universally yeah um, and so they are they are, there are limitations you know I think we we saw right in the very you know the very first time we saw one in in maternal instinct we saw Oma actually physically and in that case she was she was transporting a human the human baby the Arcesis but but um, they, they they have a physical space. They're they're an energy form that lives in a in a uh -huh. you know in a localized area. So she she probably had I, I think the ability to um, to uh, to leave. And I think that the ancients on their on their uh, in terms of being true to their code. They're 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 fairly nonviolent. They they would have defended themselves probably if she had attempted to attack them. But if her if her only goal was to escape, I doubt very much they would have l done anything to stop her. Yeah. I actually know. I'm 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 just speaking speculatively <laughs> because because I don't want to totally give it away.
disengaged. 